It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. Hello and welcome to another edition of Look It, an audio trip down memory lane. Toys, trends, murder, mayhem, and chainsaws and boomsticks of the days of then. Tonight I have a special guest with me, Mr. Jeff DeMarco, to complete the search for the Deadites in S-Mart. How you doing, Jeff? Great. What about yourself, man? Um, I'm really excited to do this show tonight. We're both huge Evil Dead fans, and we're going to geek out on oh, some yeah. Evil Dead tonight. God, yeah. So remember, shop smart, shop S-Mart. Tonight's episode is titled, Evil Dead. from our ancient slumber. You will die! Like the others before you. One by one we will take you. Welcome to the Lucket Podcast. Where all your dreams come. This is the show that takes you back, shows you around, and reminds you of the good old days. Now here's your host, Zerbinigger. And when was the first time that you saw this Evil Dead movie? Um, I was nine years old, and I had actually found an old VHS copy of the original at a uh, pawn shop for like two dollars. And oh. I had heard of it, like only briefly. Like I remember, I had an older sibling that always described it as that really scary movie with the oatmeal guts. So, <laughs> yeah, naturally Perfect. my curiosity was peaked. So you know, I bought it. It was two dollars. My mom didn't know what it was. She let me get away with it, and uh, yeah, it was forever changed after watching that film that night terrified but i got it at a very oh of course especially at nine i can't imagine nine years old having to watch that but uh oh but i loved it though i was about 13 years old and i was over at my cousin's house and that was 1983 and Mm. the film came out in 81 and they had it i don't know if he had a bootleg version or if he had purchased it or it was on hbo and he taped it i can't remember Mm -hmm. but uh but he had it and i watched it and i could not believe what i was seeing but uh, my cousin was watching it, so I figured if he could handle it, I could handle it. And I couldn't oh, handle it. <laughs> I mean, before this, I hadn't seen anything like that. Um, yeah. There was part of it that was, like, obviously crap. Be- yeah. Because it, it uh, Clash of the Titans had come out as well, and there was mm. a lot of that animation, that uh, claymation animation kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that stop-motion choppiness. Yes, and and yeah. all of that. So when that happened, I was like, I recognize this, but they did a good job with this. Mm-hmm. And it just it freaked me out. It was almost like a... I don't want to say that. I was going to say it's like a childhood acid trip. Um, <laughs> Well, that's yeah, a good, that's a pretty good description yeah, for it. Yeah, that's though. the best way to put it. It was like a childhood acid trip, and it just, it was crazy. And, mm-hmm. I, and it scared the crap out of me, but it also, I think, helped trigger many years of haunted houses for Halloween, um, and then a love of horror films. That, that I think, kicked it big time for me, because I was a huge Halloween fan. Right. And um, this was like Halloween in a film, just like Halloween night wrapped up in one big film. Oh, that's awesome. So it was like your first real push into the horror genre as a whole then. Exactly. So let's get starting about the movies here, and we're going to go in order. I fear 
that the only way to stop those possessed by the spirits of the book is through the act of bodily dismemberment. Groovy. Evil Dead. First film was in 1981, as we said before, The Evil Dead. Sam Raimi directed this movie. Um, of course, it starred the beautiful Bruce Campbell, who we will talk incessantly about later on, and a bunch of chicks. <laughs> a bunch of chicks. <laughs> um, They're not important. <laughs> and, and for those who have not seen this movie, and it is a must, uh, the film focuses on five college students vacationing in an isolated cabin in the remote wooded area, like every film since. Mm. And, uh, Was this really the start of that trope? I don't know if this was the start of it or not, but when I try to go back before it, I don't think there was much by way of woods and cabins that right. I can think of. If if somebody can, please send us an email and we'll find it. And There's a cabin in Night of the Living Dead, right? Night of the Living Dead, there was not a cabin. It was a nice old house. Oh, at the end, whenever they like barricade themselves in it, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I bet you are, and I'm not. I, I don't know. You might be because I've not seen it but one time. I'm thinking of the big white house where the basement and then the main floor and then the upstairs is where they saw that one person eating. But I can't remember if there is. Maybe you're right. At the end, there is a barricaded thingamawetsit. Maybe. I, I know that Sam Raimi mostly was a huge fan of the uh, Three Stooges, but I don't know what horror movies triggered him into horror because I really haven't heard him mm-hmm. say much. But that's, that's the basis, of course, for the first Evil Dead so after getting in this cabin, they uh, they basically find this audio tape <clears throat> that plays. Uh, oh, what's the chant? Isn't there a particular name for the chant? Um, it's it's. I think it's a bunch of jungled words that they came up with to make it sound like a chant. Like it was from the Necronomicon. Yeah, I believe. exactly. Quote yeah. unquote. But it's like dictu morto mate mutum matus whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so they play this chant, and it basically unleashes this legion of demons uh called deadites spirits too zombie like demon creatures i don't know i was always confused as to what they were as a child and then i learned just to go with it but um (laughs) (laughs) that's just what you gotta do yeah so essentially you know uh the teens one by one slowly succumb to this possession and all hell breaks loose in the cabin just a lot of gory fun and uh pencils in the legs yeah Oh god, the pencil in the leg. <laughs> that mess now that one messed with me pretty hard growing up. Switched to ballpoint pens, did you? Yeah, for a while. For a while. <laughs> um uh, what's interesting though is uh Raimi and some of the cast, I don't know if it was the entire cast or not. I definitely know Bruce Campbell was involved, but uh, they had produced like a short film prior to this called Within the Woods, essentially as like a uh I think they used it as kind of like a calling card to kind of get people's attention and vet, like to help build interest for investors in the project. Right. And eventually they ended up, I think the budget's 90000 And uh, yeah, they were able to produce it. That is pretty damn awesome. Yeah. And I did not know any of that until you just told me that. I didn't know that there was a pre-film uh, to the film. Yeah, I think on some editions of the uh, first one on re-release, you can actually watch the short film and special features, but I'm not 100% on that. I wonder if I can find it on... I have the uh, Evil Dead 2 Blu-ray, which I still haven't seen in its entirety. I just tucked it away. And um, there is a ton of extras, and I wonder if it's in that. That'd be pretty awesome. So this movie, of course, is written by Sam Raimi, produced by Rob Talbert, and directed by Sam Raimi. 
So the running time of this film, 85 minutes, came out October 15th in 1981. And it was at a budget of about 350000 to 400000 complete. Guess oh, wow. how much they made? Hmm. $2.6 at the wow. box office. That's like four times the budget back. That's pretty successful. Yeah, you know? I think he did a good job. You know, the film was actually shot about 45 minutes from where I live right now. What? Yeah. Isn't that awesome? I've had friends that have been to the ruins of that cabin and taken bricks from the chimney and kept it as souvenirs. (laughs) Yeah. How much? How much would you want? (laughs) For one of those bricks? No, not even just one brick, but if, if, if not one brick, and I'll give you an address... If you could chip off a corner, I'll even take a corner of a brick as <laughs> not to take the brick from the purse. That is awesome. Yeah, well, I plan on trying to go up there sometime soon because, like I said, it's just literally 45 minutes from where I'm living right now. It's just in the next town over, basically. My girlfriend goes to college there, you know. So, um, oh, wow. Oh, that's right. Just... Morristown, Tennessee. Yes. <sighs> yes, please. If not, just a picture. I don't oh, care. I'll get but... you a brick, my friend. Oh, just... this is like the best episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That oh, would yes, be beautiful. Yes. Wow. I almost forgot to tell you that. I was like, I got, I got to bring, I got to bring that up at some point. That's like the only cool thing about living here. <laughs> you should have started the show with that. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> That's not something you forget. You just come <laughs> in. Hi, my name's Jeff, and I have a brick from no. <laughs> Thank you very much. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. We prayed it would never happen again. Swallow your soul! Evil Dead 2. Dead. By dawn. The sequel, tagline, Dead by Dawn, came out in 87, six years later, and uh, it took more of the comedy approach, because the first one, like, um, you could tell they tried harder to take it seriously, yeah. but it kind of came off goofy anyway, and I think they picked up on that, so for the sequel, it's, you know, more full-blown comedy horror, again, directed by Sam Raimi. Um, I think it was co-written by someone this time, uh, Scott Spiegel? Spiegel. Yeah. You said Spiegel. <laughs> well, Mr. Spiegel, it's good to have you here. Yes. Um, sound <laughs> <laughs> a little German when you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not too good at flowing between voices. But <laughs> uh, again, it starred Bruce Campbell as mm-hmm. Ash once more. And uh, what's interesting about this one, it almost took a borderline remake approach. Exactly. Did you notice that? Oh yeah. They, it's like they had to re-explain the whole thing, which was actually a very good idea. For those who hadn't seen part one, I don't think that, in my personal opinion, I do not think that Sam Raimi knew how big the first one was. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, how could you, you know? Yeah, it's- I don't. And, and the, the underground fan base that he had. So, my guess is when he started part two, he figured, why not just retell the entire story? You know, actually, I think I kind of prefer it that way. Like yeah. I like the fact that it's not just a straight sequel. It uh, it really does feel like you could totally start the franchise from that point exactly. and be completely fine. I mean, I love the first one. I appreciate it a lot. But sequel really is just like everything it should have been and then some, you know? Right. 
And this yeah. this time with the budget of three point five million, you have plenty of money to throw around to do it. Wow, that's so. substantially higher. I didn't even realize it was that much higher than yep. the first one. Now this time, of course, they filmed in Michigan, of course, as if I knew this. Michigan and North Carolina. And this was in nineteen eighty six when they started filming. The release in the United States took place on March thirteenth, nowhere near Halloween this time. I really so basically this would be like your first quote unquote summer film maybe. Yeah. Uh spring summer. Uh minor success, surprisingly. Uh achieving only six million that first entry. And you would think that they would have done much better. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about it though, they still almost doubled their budget, so Yeah, they did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Besides, it's Evil Dead. It's you know, there's a very specific audience that's gonna go see that film. <laughs> a lot of that audience is, you know, B movie DVD collectors, so Now now didn't this movie was it part two that had Sam Raimi's brother in it? Uh let me see. Yeah, it, it's not listed in the credits, but I thought for sure that Sam Raimi's brother, who is... Uh, actually, right here in the cast list, let me see. He plays possessed Henrietta. Yeah. Annie's possessed mother. <laughs> so so what's uh, Ted Raimi? There's the name I need. Plays so, the possessed mother. Huh. Yeah. So Ted Raimi was in there, but he doesn't get billing right away, which is terrible. Hold on one second. That was an interesting sneeze. That's a deadite sneeze I've been working on. Oh, oh, nice. I want to swallow your Kleenex. I want to swallow your Kleenex. (laughs) But Ted Raimi appearing in that was the best character. And the stuff that he went through, I've watched the the extras on the uh, Blu-ray and seen that he would just take off the foot part of the costume and then just pour out gallons of sweat that, that he... And he got super sick in the outfit, playing Henrietta's, you know, the mom. Yeah. And uh, just overheated. They used to put him in ice to, you know, revive him because he was just so hot. He had more torment than than Bruce Campbell did. Now, Bruce Campbell, as far as I know, that scar under his chin right here that you see, the uh-huh. indentation, as far as I know, that's from hitting himself in the face with plates. He cut his face open. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. even know that. That's what I've heard. That's just some kind of trivia that could be true or not. That's insane, uh, man. Yeah, and if you watch even today in his interviews, whatnot, you'll see a giant L on his chin. I'm going to be looking for that now. (laughs) Later on, I'm going to look that up on YouTube. Yeah. That's crazy. I could be full of crap. Those who think I'm full of crap, you're probably right. But that's what I've always heard. (laughs) This was distributed by Rosebud, Embassy Communications, De Laurentiis Entertainment Group. And Palace Pictures, which is a foreign company, but this is everybody that uh, gave good old Sam the money to do it, and I'm glad they did. Just from a cinematic standpoint, you know how you were talking about how one of Sam Raimi's biggest inspirations was the Three Stooges? Yeah. I think it's interesting that so much of that comes out in this film in particular, with yeah. all the slapstick comedy. Like, it's really heavy in this one. Like, I can't remember if Army of Darkness had more in it. Like, I know Army of Darkness was goofier. Yes. But I don't I don't know, man. Like the sequel really feels like the Three Stooges mixed in with, you know, horror. hardcore horror. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, that that is very prevalent in this film as well, part two, because uh, him just going crazy in that place and all the uh, the wall. Uh, yeah, the creep, deer mounted deer on the wall. Coming, coming to life and laughing at him and the, yeah. the lamp laughing at him, bouncing up and down. And <laughs> I forgot about skin. the lamp. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, big, huge influence of Three Stooges in there. So apparently Bruce Campbell has soup labels yes. you can print out. Like, what's the deal with these? When did these start? Well, these, this is hilarious. This is from a, a site called Wire uh-huh. from way back. Um, I, I guess I printed these out. Whew. God, when did, I, when did I get these? I would say it's close to about maybe seven or eight years ago. Wow. And uh, well, what it is is it's Bruce Campbell's condensed soup, just like a Campbell's soup can. <laughs> and then, it, even with the price on it, one twenty nine from S Mart. If you see, you'll see the little yellow sticker. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, but you can go online, just type in Bruce Campbell's soup, and then you'll get a whole bunch of printouts that you can print out actual size and put on Campbell's soup cans, tape it up, and display them, and show that's... them up. And and they're great. They got cream of darkness soup. Uh, what are some of the others up there? Groovy Boomstick, Cream of Evil Soup, <laughs> Gumbo Hotep. <laughs> That's another good one. The Bumbo awesome. Hotep film that was great. I like the little uh, the little image there on the side label. Not just good, but groovy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. So that's something fun for you guys. Go go there and download those puppies. Army of Darkness. They live. They breathe. They suck. Army of Darkness. And then we go on to the Army of the Darkness. The Darkness. Now, Army of the Darkness came out in 1992. This one I missed completely. I had no clue that this was an Evil Dead film. Really? None whatsoever. Until probably in my late 30s but i missed this movie completely i didn't know it existed and uh until i started collecting them on dvd and i was like oh what's this so i guess Mm -hmm. the first time i saw this was on dvd so what was your first impression of it if you don't mind me asking because i was a little put off by it at first well that's the thing i i didn't understand what it was about it didn't make much sense to me and i didn't connect it to the Mm -hmm. end of part two also I think something happened where the rights to Evil Dead were taken, so he had to like start here now. Yeah, um, something along those lines. I'm not, I'm a little shady on how that happened. So I, I watched this film and I thought, this is goofy. Mm. This is goofy. And the Deadites in the beginning, when he's fighting them like down in the well, that's when it started picking up for me. But up until that, and then then when it got into the fighting scenes and the goofy stuff in the middle i liked it but not as much as the first two i guess because it wasn't secluded this was out in the open it was set yeah. in a different time period and it seemed like a time period film instead of an evil dead film and exactly it was just disconnected i think but i yeah. i love it now a lot more than when i first mm-hmm. saw it it's something that grows on you with subsequent viewings you know because right. um i agree with you in the sense that it it seems not as secluded, like you said, it's a really good way of looking at it because that kind of removes the edge 
right. I suppose. Um, because even the second one, even though it was pretty goofy, like it was still a horror film. This one felt a little more fantastical, yeah, I guess. Perfect. That being said, though, the Army of Darkness was pretty cool in all of its little <laughs> choppy glory. <laughs> I love those skeletons. Well, and, and Ivan, Ramey, and Sam wrote this. There's, there's a whole bunch of Ramey brothers, mm-hmm. which, is, which is good. Yeah. It's good when you have family that helps you out on something. Oh, yeah. One of them's a doctor. I believe it's Ivan Ramey, but he's actually a doctor in his day job, and he just writes movies on the side. Well, that's pretty awesome. I did yeah, not isn't know that, that crazy? And yeah. that's a good thing with all the crap that they put poor uh, Bruce Campbell through. Yeah, exactly. Whacking him with tree branches in part one, <laughs> whacking him with plates <laughs> yeah. in part two, and then in this one, he's just thrown all over the place. He's got to love it, though. I mean, he keeps coming back to it, so exactly. you know he probably has a ball. Well, Army of Darkness premiered on October 9th in 1992, again towards Halloween, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it grossed $21.5 million total. Over, oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't realize it made that much. Yep. That's and pretty it crazy. had an $11 million budget, so they kind of got their money back. Mm-hmm. Well, they got their money back and then some, but yeah. why, why did I say that? <laughs> Why? So they got their money back and then some. My math is terrible. For those that don't know, I just edited out about a $10 million difference. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not on the ball with it this morning either. <laughs> I'm working on it. Now, this film was dedicated to an Ivan Shapiro who died during the film's production in 1989 on New Year's Day. God bless you, Mr. Shapiro. He actually produced the first Evil Dead. Oh, man. What's also interesting is he used to produce films for Martin Scorsese, Stanley Kubrick, George A. Romero. Wow. Yeah, he gave a lot of people their start, I suppose. That's insane. Wow. Now now there's your connection with uh, Sam Raimi and George Romero. Yeah. Obviously a huge fan of uh, Night of the Living Dead. I mean, you gotta be if you're doing anything oh, with yeah. like some kind of supernatural zombie-like horror, you know. Exactly. So in this film, he is transported back to the Middle Ages, and he's captured by Lord Arthur's men, who suspected him a agent for Duke Henry, uh, whom Arthur is at war with. Just and great work on all of the makeup and that stuff. Oh, oh yeah. Like, even if I'm not as big of a fan of the setting, uh, props to Sam Raimi for pulling it off, you know? Oh, like, yeah. going from these little low-budget cabin movies to a big period piece, it's kind of impressive, even if you're not a huge fan of the direction, I mean. Yeah. All right. Quick quid pro quo, my friend. What? Huh? Okay. Okay. One thing. Tell me, this is a trivia question for you, Jeffrey. Oh, goodness. Do you like the name Jeffrey? I can I can deal with it. Okay, I Jeff. will take it. All right, Jeff. Here we go. Uh, what is one aspect of every film, including the remake and including Ash vs. Evil Dead and including Drag Me to Hell uh, and including all Spider-Mans? Oh. Uh, what do all of those have to do with each other? What is the one constant? One Bruce constant. Campbell? No. Bruce Campbell? No. No? No? Very mm-hmm. close, though. Because Bruce Campbell was not in the remake of Evil Dead. What was, I'm sorry. What was in all of those? What is one thing that has been in every single one of those films? You got me. 
I'm giving you hints, visual hints. The car? The car. Oh my god, are you serious? That was in Spider-Man? Yeah. Was that Uncle Ben's car? Yeah. Holy s***. (laughs) (laughs) It just clicked. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that... uh, Are you talking about the Oldsmobile? Yeah, the 1973. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Like, we figured out where it was at in Spider-Man. Where was it in um, Drag Drag Me to Hell? Drag Me to Hell, it was driven up to the bank by the gypsy. Oh, okay. Yep. And it was also in the gypsy's house's driveway when she went to go see her after she passed away. Oh, okay, cool. See, now I'm going to have to rewatch that. Yeah. Um, And those who don't know, the Drag Me to Hell movie was what I thought was going to be a leeway back into the Evil Dead series, which wasn't. It was just him stretching his... uh, you know, evil dead hands or arms, whatever, getting back into horror again. Because yeah, you can, you can tell it had a lot of the same uh, sensibilities. It had that same kind of comic timing, yes, you know? Definitely. It took itself a little more seriously, but at the same time, it was it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, the, uh, the seance scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the goat. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was great. And the, the whole thing was, uh, I always considered that the quiet evil dead stepsister or something like that it's a good way to look at <laughs> yeah. it yeah <laughs> but it was a great film yeah hard to believe it's pg-13 though yeah well he had to get if you if you make it r you get more or i'm sorry if you make it rated r you don't get as many people into the theater as you do with pg-13 pg-13 yeah. was a great invention oh yeah as long as you don't show too many if you if you show a boob but not the areola it's pg-13 yeah. If you show Areola and Beyond, it's rated R. And if you only say f- once, you get to keep a PG thirteen as well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or if Any you more go, than that. yeah, it's rated G. Um, so from that point, what is this? You shouldn't have touched anything from that basement. Kunda. Strata. Montose. Conda. You are all going to die tonight. I read a passage from that book. I released some evil. I actually have a poster for the new film. I don't know if you can see it with that I terrible. I do. Thing. Yeah. So what came next, of course, was... The remake. The Evil Dead 2013 film. Not a fan. Really? I was not a fan. I, I want it, just to add to the collection. Yes. But it was way too over the top. It was way too serious, and it it no longer was the fun Three Stooges version. It now right. was a woman who could cut her tongue in half and do weird things with it. Oh, it was so brutal, though. It was so brutal. But it, it, it got <laughs> whenever to... that guy is getting stabbed in the face with a syringe, man, like I still can't watch that. Scene. <laughs> I've seen it like eight times, and every time I'm like, "No, please!" Like <laughs> in the words of Beetlejuice, and it keeps getting funnier every time I see it. Yeah. Um, the the thing I couldn't stand was uh, it was in the genre of like Saw and, and that that what do you call that uh, uh, gore, torture porn? Yeah, torture gore porn crap. I can't yeah. take it. It's it's just being gross to be gross. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, although all the other Evil Dead's were probably the same, but they always added that that this is fun humor part to it. And right. uh, and uh, but no, this was just dead serious. Now I still want to see it again and reinterpret it, but the first time I saw it, I felt like I was let down. I feel like if you watched it a second time, you might enjoy it more because I felt the same way you did the first time I watched it. You know, okay. uh, I was trying to walk into it with an open mind. Like I, I was trying hard not to compare it because I just knew it wasn't going to live up to those expectations. But um, and that's yeah, I where kinda, I messed up. That's well, exactly where I messed up. Yeah, I understand though. Like I felt the same way because it's it's not quite Evil Dead. Like it's a it's a cool film on its own, but it's yeah. not really Evil Dead. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. But the more I watched it, the more I kind of learned to appreciate it. You know, like from a visual standpoint, I think it's actually a gorgeous film right. and uh, really well shot. But it definitely took itself a little too seriously. I did appreciate the Bruce Campbell cameo after the credits, though. I don't know if you caught that. No, I missed it. Yeah, if you watch all the way to the end of the credits, you see him slowly turn in a black background, and it's all smoky, and he just looks at the camera and says, Groovy, and then it fades out the black. <laughs> I gotta see it! Groovy. Yeah, that was it, because no- before, uh, before the TV show got announced, the original plan was to actually follow the remake up with like a crossover sequel and have Mia's character meet up with Ash's character, and then they would go do films like that, but... I guess they decided to just go back to the classics with the show instead. So I'm I don't su- know if we'll ever get a sequel. I'm surprised they didn't take Mia with them into the TV show. Yeah, I would have. I would have liked that. Honestly, I'm really surprised. What is Jane Levy plays Mia, right? Uh, yes, okay. I think she's a newcomer too. I don't. She's I, I mean, really I'm sure. Good. Yeah, I'm sure she's been in stuff since, but I think that was her first film. Wow. I might be wrong on that. Don't, Don't quote worry, me. I'm very good at being wrong on things. <laughs> um, produced by Bruce Campbell, Robert Talbert, and Sam Raimi. Directed by Freddy Alvarez, which is where your gore and gross really get good. Released March 8th, away from Halloween again. Uh, probably would have done better, I bet you, if it was released around Halloween time. Yes. Uh, but it did. I think it did pretty well because it had a, a budget of $17 million and they made $97.5 million back. Well, that's good for the franchise, at least, you know? That's at least two times as much with my math. I'm sure more than that. 20, 40, 60, 80. So we'll say close to five times as much right there. Oh, yes. I just counted that on my hands. From that, we go on to, uh, real quickly, before we go on to the uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, I want to go down the video games. After this message, we'll be right back. Well, are we ready to take a look? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's perfect! Oh, God. Got anything smaller? All you need is a chainsaw for an arm and a shotgun to be just like Bruce Campbell in Evil Dead. Hail to the king. Hey, isn't that supposed to be a chainsaw? You want a piece of this? Yeah, I didn't... Rated him for mature. Come on, you freak! Come on, take it like a man. chasing me! And now, back to look it. I love this game right here. Evil Dead Regeneration. Oh, yes, I got, sir. got this for PC. I still haven't completed it because it's such a fun game, but it goes on forever. Um, I actually had that for the original Xbox, I believe, whenever yeah. it first came out. Yeah, It's fun because you can bunt Ted Raimi. <laughs> you can kick them into the deadites and he chews their heads off. 
it's a great thing. You've got your chainsaw shotgun, your sidekick, and then you just kill the Deadite army that's coming after you. Uh, non-stock action with combos. So you have a gun in one hand and then the chainsaw in the other, killing everything. But there are a ton of video games available, including... Oh, that one's broken! Oh, no! Um, including Evil Dead the Game, which you can play off of a site, going to Deadites.net. And uh, you can play Army of Darkness Defense, or you can play uh, Evil Dead the Game, which is like a Flash game. That's awesome. But above that, you'll find all of the old video games, and the very first one was Evil Dead, and it was Who Will Join the Evil Dead Next, and that was like a really early PC game. Then came Hail to the King, then came Fistful of Boomstick, which a lot of people have played, and then Evil Dead Red Generation. I had Fistful of Boomstick as well. Yeah. I have yeah. not. I would love to see some gameplay in that. In fact, I got it's a pretty YouTube, fun. Got a it's, YouTube uh, as well. It's dumb fun, but it's fun. <laughs> okay, it's, it's fine. Dumb fun is always funner than dumb fun. Funnily, well, funnily is I found out recently. Oh, really? Yeah, I got yelled at by Ferg for that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't yell at you. <laughs> no, thank you. He yells at me a lot. No, do respect Ferg. You got to treat him better. You got to treat me better. It's okay, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm in a group. You know, meetings Thursdays for anybody who was abused. But um, <laughs> lastly, of course, Ash versus the Evil Dead. You know, folks come up to me all the time and they say, "Hey, Bruce, man, wow, you still look great." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, let's go with that." Another thing I get a lot is, "Man, Bruce, it must be badass to have a chainsaw for a hand." And well, for the most part, it is. But I'd be lying if I didn't admit that sometimes I wish I was playing with a full house. A pair of meat hooks. Oh, natural. Oh, my gosh. The great comeback, as many have held it. So we come to Ash vs. the Evil Dead, which is an American comedy horror television series developed by Sam Raimi, Ivan Raimi, Tom Speziali. What oh a name. For the, I know, right? For the Stars Network. I think Tom Speziality is part of the Stars Network. And, uh... Oh my gosh, this is, I did, take it away, son. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, what can you say, man? It's exactly what you wanted from the remake that you didn't get, <laughs> that you're getting like tenfold now every year. Yeah. I mean, it's like every Evil Dead fan's dream. And what blows my mind is it works so well for a TV show, yeah. you know? Like, because I, I was kind of worried about that, you know, like if they could serialize it properly, but my god they, they did, did. they absolutely yes. did they uh they just finished se- making season two and i'm learning this from an interview with bruce campbell that i've heard on the nerdist podcast great for, podcast. for those of you who listen go to the nerdist podcast and listen to the latest bruce campbell interview um they're signed up for two more seasons that's great so four that's seasons fantastic. and he's wondering what are they going to talk about but uh they, if they, he says we'll keep making them as long as they keep throwing money at them, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just—I can't say enough about this show. Like you said, they just do an, an amazing job continuing everything. They've yeah. gone back to the cabin, then they go to the hometown in, in part two, and his father is played by none other than the six million dollar man, Lee Majors. Uh, wow, that's so amazing! <laughs> and uh, Lucy Lawless is in this. She does a great job playing her part. Just an amazing cast, really well done. Mm-hmm. You just can't say enough. Uh, 
and guess what's in this one as well? The car is back and it's used frequently. Oh, yes. I keep wondering. I know the original Sam has, but I think what they've done is built like 60 more just in case for this, that, and the other. Unless they just keep rebuilding the same engine, I can't remember the answer to that. That'd be pretty amazing if they did. Yeah. But it's probably just duplicates. We can dream, though. Yeah, we can. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I think we're at the end of our Evil Dead show. Oh. I do want to throw in the fact that if you guys really want to learn how Evil Dead one was made there's a book uh i have bruce campbell's if chins could kill confessions of a b-movie actor and you could tell by his face how young he was when this came out that is amazing though that is the greatest cover i've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) for an autobiography and it's uh the bruce campbell story and the cool thing about this book and especially uh concerning the evil dead movies is that he explains how all of it was made with drawings that he drew <laughs> on, uh, and I just got to find an example to show you right here on how, like the Ram Cam, Ramo Cam One. And, oh my God, that's awesome! And th- these are the actual drawings that they came up with: shaky cam, uh, two by four, putting a camera on it, one person on each end shaking it back and forth. Yeah, the elevator, which is they would tie the actor to a another four by eight. And then two at two uh, shemps, they called them, would push down on one end while the actress bobbed up and down and says, "We're gonna swallow your soul." <laughs> that is so awesome. And uh, and this book is like a guideline all the way through it. How how they did the uh, under the floor body scenes? There's like three people under the ground there, and they had their arms and legs sticking up through the floor. And That's so it's cool. It's pretty cool for 1981. It, it's like a uh, B movie actor's guidebook. It's really yeah. good. There's another book called Making Love the Bruce Campbell Way. <laughs> and he's in the front in the smoking jacket. And he talks about his movies and stuff. Those are two great books to get. I'm going to have to pick them up. Yeah, really good. Well, Jeff, thank you again for joining me for another look at... Oh, thank you for having me. Seriously, sure. it's always a blast. And uh, hope to have you again soon. That'd be great. Um, My fingers are crossed. <laughs> um, so join us next time. When we talk about the days, Oden. All Observinator's music and podcasts are under the Creative Commons license, which allows retelling and rebroadcasting as long as the author is notified and credited. For more great escape pods, please visit www.zerbinator.wordpress.com. If you would like to contact Zerbinatorland, you can send an email to instrumentally at gmail.com or give us a call at 571 571- 408-ZERB or 9372. Evil Dead 2 came out in 87, which was what? Eight eight years later? Nine years later? Was it 80? We just talked about it. Was it 79 or 80? Six years. Six years. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. Okay, let's try it again. But your math is a little bit better than mine. <laughs> I don't know. I was pretty <laughs> off every time and it got worse. <laughs> but, uh, I'm probably a fool! I'm probably a fool! I'm probably a fool! Swallow this. Ah!